Hey, we're excited. You heard in the announcements today about LBC graduation, Life Bible College graduation coming up this week. And we have uh, crossed another hurdle, I guess, or uh, another big deal is happening in regards to our, our Bible college. And that's what I have right here. This is our certificate of accreditation. So, praise God. Yeah, yeah. And there's the picture. We have uh, uh, Life Bible College is now accredited with the Trans World Accrediting Commission. So we have been, uh, we're on the map, I guess. I don't know. I think we've been on the map for a while. But uh, we're excited about that. And uh, good things are happening in the school. Uh, By the way, um, for those who uh, apply to the upcoming school year by the end of this month, when is the end of this month anyway? It's... It's the 31st this okay. <laughs> Nine days away. I heard a nine days away. If you get your application in in that time, you get free stuff. Like a, a free, twi- part of the tuition is free. So uh, if you want to do that, Lord's putting that on your heart. Go ahead and, and giddy up and do that right away. God is good. Amen. Are you ready for some word today? Praise God. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get it out. Got your Bible apps. And uh, anybody know where to go? Know where to turn? Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. If if you're wondering, how do people know? Well, they're they're spiritual. And they pray and they hear from God. And and also, we've been reading this same passage for the last couple of months. (laughs) We're in a series now called the you factor and we've been using this this scripture from Joshua chapter 1 as the foundation of the this teaching all right so let's go ahead and read it again we'll get back into the you factor and take it a little bit further it reads this book of the law verse 8 shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do According to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so we've seen from this passage and others that our success in life, even our prosperity in life, is directly tied to our response to what God says. He gives us the goods, He gives us the wisdom, the power, the grace in order to succeed. But we must take it, meditate on it, observe to do it, to put these things in practice, to put them in motion in our lives. It's not all God, it's not all random, it's not all just circumstances or chance. It is literally people saying, I'm going to think God's thoughts. I'm going to adapt His ways of conducting my life. And He has the success formula. And so we're endeavoring to put that into practice. But a lot of that comes back to us in this regard. God says something, He gives it, He promises, but am I able to receive it? All right? And and if I receive God's Word, does it stay with me? Does it stick? 
Is it temporary or fleeting? Is it here for a moment and then by, by this evening it's gone? Or, or can I hold on to it? Is it here for a day, a week, a month, a year? And in all these different situations, we find individuals become losers. All right? Come on, say it out loud. Say, I do not want to be a loser. Yeah. In fact, we should refuse to be a loser. What are we talking about? Losing God's word. It comes to us, but it doesn't stay with us. It doesn't stick. It doesn't take up residence. It doesn't become the, the very thing that guides our life and causes us to think a certain way. We lose it somewhere along, uh, along this journey. I don't want to be a loser. Maybe that motivates you. Motivates me. I don't want to be a loser. Yeah? How can I keep from losing in life? I've got to keep from losing God's word. Because all hell breaks loose to try to get it out of your life when it comes to you. The devil is fighting with everything he can, not just to kill you, but to keep the word away from you so he can kill you. Yeah. Not just to put you in the poor house, no, but to keep God's word out of your heart and then put you in the poor house. Because then there's no doors. Amen. And so one of my goals has simply been to help everyone see and acknowledge the reality of how God's word affects us. Uh, does it like I said, does it receive? Does it stick? If success eludes us, we can be certain we're being ripped off. We can know for sure that God's word is not staying. It's not sticking. It is coming to us and it is leaving because God's word absolutely will put us over the top. Amen. So say it out loud again. Say, I refuse, I refuse. to be a loser. I'm not going to do it. Let's say that part too. <laughs> say God's word, God's word comes to me, comes to and, it and it stays. I understand it. I receive it. I act on it. I think it. The devil can't get it. He's the loser. I'm the winner. On God's side. The greater one lives in me, and I overcome continually. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It's important for us to believe these things about our lives. You know, uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit over in 1 Corinthians 12 is called the Word of Knowledge. And uh, the Word of Knowledge is, is so helpful and so beneficial. Uh, we see this gift manifest in many different ways. Sometimes in this service, the Lord uses me to identify what's going on in people's lives. He'll, he'll show me. That's called the Word of Knowledge. I'll know what's happening. Sometimes in people's bodies, I'll know there's a condition that's, that's wrong. And, and how does that help us? It, it's designed to help remove barriers so that God's word and power come to us unhindered. When, when someone all of a sudden hears that God, is, uh, that God points out their specific problem, that God singles out and identifies the very situation they're in or the pain they have in their body, well, how many know our faith goes up? It's like, wow, God's watching. <laughs> he totally is. Right? And he helps us. And, and, and we've seen many times where someone comes and they're, they're having, they're have a need, they have a situation they're praying about. And in the context of that, the Lord will reveal something further that is serving to block their, their victory, their answer, their healing, their success. Uh, uh, one, one person told, told us uh, recently that they had some health problems. And when they went, and they went to a person and said, would you pray with me concerning this? I'm not getting 
the victory. I'm not getting over this. And the person went and they said, the first thing they said, to, started talking to him about was their relationship with their father. He said, you need to forgive your dad, don't you? And this person said they didn't even realize that they had that problem. But all of a sudden it was deep down and it came to the surface. And God was showing through revelation what was keeping his word from working in them. Isn't that a blessing? So what did they do? Well, they dealt with it, and just like that, they were, they were made well. Just like that, they were healed. And so we can see that the Lord helps us through His wisdom and through His grace to identify the condition of our receiver. And if our receiver is being blocked by something going on in our life, the more we meditate on God's Word, it will come to the surface at some point, and He'll show it to us. Are you listening? So what if, I've, what if I have missed out on something that God has said? What if His Word has been stolen from my heart? Well, good news is we can go back and get it again. Yeah, we can read the book again. I think there's plenty of these around, at least in our country. You can read it again. What if He steals it again? Read it again. Why don't you wear Him out? As far as these teachings go, we've heard good reports of, uh, uh, from, from this series but if someone says, well, what if I lost some of it? What if, what if the devil already has stolen it from my heart? Go listen to it again. Go get it again. Because that's entirely likely. Not only possible, but likely in some situations that he has stolen it. Go get it again. Keep pushing it in there until it stays. Push it in, push it in, push it in and get the lid on. So it can't come out. Because it's designed to put us over the top. It's designed to bring success. So whatever effort is necessary, I encourage you to go. Go that path. Amen. Let's, let's talk some more about our mind today. Our thoughts, our meditations. That's what Joshua, the scripture there said. Our meditations is, is, is what is vital. Psalm 119 verse 11 reads this way. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, now think about that. Not your word, I, I read casually one day, I listened to it, gave it a wink and a nod and a hearty amen, and then went back to thinking the way I used to think and living the way I used to live. No, he said, your word I have hidden in my heart. This takes it a little bit deeper than the casual listener. When you hide it in your heart, you protect it because it's so valuable, what will it do? It will protect you. It will give you the strength to overcome sin. Everybody with me? The Word was designed to do that. It was designed to produce that victory. What's our focus? I must keep it in there. I must guard it. I must protect it and hide it in my heart. Is anyone struggling with sin? can I tell you what I suspect's going on? I bet you that your mind is occupied with the wrong thing. I bet you anything, you're not just physically doing something wrong, but your mind is occupied with wrong thinking. It's happening up here. That's where the battle is. That's where we must win. Meditation on wrong thoughts produces wrong activity. Now, we understand this, but let me just go through this for a moment. Our mind and our brain are not the same, okay? The mind is the, it, it is eternal, okay? 
When your body dies, your mind doesn't die, even though your brain dies. I mean, the issue in this life, of course, if someone has brain damage or something, it's not that they don't have their mind, it's their mind cannot express in the physical world. We need the brain to function in this life so I can, my, I, me, my spirit, can express through my, my intellect, my emotions, and, and so forth, the soul, my mind can be expressed. So the mind and the brain, one's the invisible, one's the visible. One's the intangible, one's the tangible. Uh, but my mind is not my brain. But something that's very interesting, in Scripture we see, uh, well, we've read it previously from Romans 12 and so forth, that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, not the renewing of our brain, right? But our mind is, is renewed. See, that stays with us even after death, our mind. And so what, what's interesting about this is individuals have studied the brain, those who are neuro-experts and so forth, and, and they have identified that when a person thinks a certain way, when they entertain certain thoughts, that it actually creates physical change in the brain. That neural pathways and all this stuff are created when a person meditates on certain things. So there is a very direct connection between the mind and the brain. In other words, what we allow to happen in the soulish realm has a real physical impact on the physical realm, even on our brains. Pathways are created in your brain to, to think a certain way. It's why once we create them, we often continue down the same path. It becomes normal to us. It becomes the way that we are. But we can create new ones, and we can erase old ones. And through the renewing of the mind, which comes from meditation on God's Word, we can create changes in our brains, even in the physical body, okay? Uh, I mean, many have, uh, you know this, that um, many in the, in the medical profession have told us that the vast majority of diseases are caused not by physical problems, but by mental and emotional problems, stress and fear and worry and shame. These are the roots of so many problems. I've read over 90% by some who have given these studies, 90% of diseases. People are in hospitals and, and suffering greatly, and the problem isn't physical in origin. It's mental and emotional, and it causes those problems. And I think, well, that certainly agrees with Scripture for sure. But I also, I, I see sometimes that a person has, let's say, a heart problem. And very common if their, you know, their arteries are plugged up or something, uh, a doctor will tell a, their patient, you need to change your diet. And then you need to get your rear end on the treadmill. Right? If you're you're gonna you're a prime candidate for a heart attack, and if you want if you want to live if you want to live your life out, you've got to make some serious life changes. And you know, many people actually do that. They change the way they eat, and they get on a treadmill for an hour a day, and it's hard, and they, it's work, and they're not enjoying it. But they're saying, "Hey, I'm gonna die if I don't do this." They'll make changes like that. But if it is true, and, and it is. If it is true that most of these problems are not physical in origin, 
but that they exist in the soul realm, then why don't we prescribe some other things? I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying don't change your diet and your exercise. But maybe we should prescribe some other things. You would think doctors would even do this. To change the emotional state. To change the pathways of how we think. I, I would say if you come to a good church that's full of life, like I just, for example, like this one. Uh, you might be required. Hey, if you're going to live any longer, you're going to get in there at least twice a week. Otherwise, you're going to die. You're going to take at least an hour a day instead of hour a day on the treadmill. Maybe you do that too. Maybe at least an hour a day, you have to spend time smiling, laughing, meditating on God's Word, on His promises, and forcing new ways of dealing with life and circumstances and, 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 and creating this new way of thinking. If that's the thing that caused it, wouldn't that be the thing that reverses it? Yes. But too often, that's immeasurable. There's no one holding us accountable. We think it's all physical. Give me a shot. Give me a pill. Radiate it out of me. Something like that. And we're not getting to the root of this. We've got to think different. The meditation of our hearts will make us live or die. And if we will focus on God's Word, it changes everything. I remember uh, when, I was, when I first went to college and my roommate was here in the first service and, and so he was sitting, sitting right over there. Uh, one day, one afternoon, we had a friend in California that got this job and for whatever reason he sent us this little package and it had a bunch of chapsticks in it. And uh, I think they, he must have got them free and so he's sharing the love, his free products. And uh, we got this pack, and so we had these chapsticks, and, and, and so I don't remember the decision-making process behind this, but we had some time one afternoon, and so we were trying to juggle them, <laughs> juggle the chapstick. And it took a while, but we had some time. It seemed like it was an hour or two hours, something like that. We just sat there, and, and I'm just like, you know, because I didn't know how to juggle and trying to throw these things up and keep them up, and... And it took a long time, and it was frustrating, and grr, I can't do it. And, and then all of a sudden, something changed. At some point, it clicked, and I was able to juggle the chopstick. And what's interesting about that, it stayed. It did. And let, let me sh- In fact, does anybody have like a, like a colored ball that I could borrow? Like, there's one. All right, thanks. Uh. A little higher. Yeah. Okay, right there. Did anybody else have one? I, I could use another one. Oh, there's one right there. Thank you. All right, there's two. I can, actually, if I had a third one, does anybody have a, have a third one I could borrow? Uh, all right, thank you. And for whatever reason, as soon as that changed in my brain, I was able to do this. And, thank you, <laughs> and it's only three, so I'm not taking it on the road, but uh, I've never really had to practice this again. Now, if you give me five, I'm toast. <laughs> but it's like, when I did it that day, and I got it, I see it now. And from that point on, and that was, 
a while ago. <laughs> that was over 30 years ago. I may go a year and not juggle anything. But as soon as I walk around, sometimes we're in the grocery store, I see the fruit. <laughs> it's so tempting, and, and I've fallen into that temptation, and I grab them, and I do this, because I can. I can just see it. And I wonder how many other things, here we go, <laughs> um, how many other things work that way, where we give attention to something for a period of time, the promises of God. And at some point, it becomes real to us, alive. Something changes. And now, my prayers are effective. And, and now I know how to be healed. And now I know how to overcome this temptation, this problem, this situation I've been dealing with. I've been struggling with so long. I gave myself att my t attention to it. And what, there it is. It clicked. And now I can do it. And now next year I can do it. And I can continue. Have you ever heard about that guy uh, who rode the backwards bike? There, there were some people who, who took this regular bicycle. You know, you've heard the old phrase, it's like riding a bike. You know, because most of us, or if not all of us, we learn as a child how to ride a bike, and you just forever know how to ride the bike. Even if you can go 10 years and you can get on the bike and it still works, right? And, uh, but they created one that was backwards. So you turn the steering wheel this way and the bike goes that way. And they gave it to this guy said, see if you can ride it. And, you know, he could ride it for like a foot, he crashed immediately and tried it again because you, you process it. You think, okay, just do it the opposite. Here we go, crash. And so this guy videoed himself and, and said, I'm going to experiment with this. And he practiced and practiced trying to learn how to ride the backwards bike. And it took him eight months. He's probably, I'm guessing he was in his 30s, something like that. Eight months and finally he could do it. And he could ride the backwards bike. He said, if my phone would ring, I'd crash. <laughs> because he would revert back to what he had known all of his life. But he practiced and he learned. And then his son, who was like five or six years old, his son practiced. And he was already riding a bike. And his son learned it in, in like two weeks. And he could ride it. Which kind of shows us something, doesn't it? What does it show us? Support the children's ministry. Get your kids, if you have children, as soon as possible. Why? Because now they can receive things. They can learn. They can grow. And if you'll give them the knowledge of God at a young age, they'll blow right past you and they'll pray and they'll get the dog healed. And they'll pray and they'll see things happen in your family. And you're saying, man, I'm struggling with doubt and fear and I'm struggling to believe this. And, ah. and here my kid goes and whoop. Exactly. And you hear about, we hear about uh, testimonies all the time of our kids experiencing God. And sometimes I think, why didn't I have that experience? <laughs> I've been riding the bike too long. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this guy did that and he learned and eventually uh, he went back and he couldn't ride the regular bike. He couldn't. He'd try to ride the regular bike, and people would think he's joking, but he kept crashing. <laughs> it didn't take him long, though. He said it took about 20 minutes, and he was able to switch back to the way it had already been. It, it, it had always been in, in, in riding the bike. And I wonder if we can learn something from this, that sometimes even though we know it, 
we could explain it. In other words, we heard the verse, we heard the, the, the teaching, we understand the principles, but we're not able to do it. And isn't that true with the bike? I understand how that works. That's logical. I just have to do it opposite. But I can't. And sometimes we hear the verse, we hear the promise, we hear what the Lord has said, and, oh, man, I can't make it work for me. What do we need to do? Stay with it. Keep meditating on it. Keep it in front of us. We have to think about it and do it long enough to where our ability changes. And I know, yes, revelation knowledge can come. The Spirit of God can quicken something to us. And it doesn't take us eight months to get everything. But at the same time, I don't want to dismiss this principle because it is biblical of day and night. Day and night. Get it in your heart. Get it in your thoughts. Get it in your mouth. And it'll make your way prosperous. Praise God. First, we meditate. Second, we do. Not first I do and then I think about it. Because what happens is I fail and then I go, ah, oh, man, I can't do that. Maybe it's not my gift. Maybe it's some other reason. No, no, no. First we meditate, then we do. First we think about it. We get it ingrained into us. What if it takes a month? Then it takes a month. You're going to be here, right? You're going to be in, on the planet. If it takes a month, fine. What if it takes a year? Fine. You're still thinking. What are we going to meditate on? What are we going to think about? Look over with me at Philippians. Could you find the book of Philippians chapter 4? Uh, even if you know this passage, it's, it's very famous, very popular, but it's popular for a reason, because it works. See, I, I know of individuals, heard, heard of testimonies, individuals who have gotten free from pornography addictions simply by, before they go to bed, they meditate on God's Word. They meditate right before bed. There's something significant about that, apparently. And they get God's thoughts in their brain every night right before bed. Think about nothing. God's word, God's ways, God's power, God's promises, God's grace, God's overcoming ability. Good night. And something about that makes it stick. And they do that for a while and eventually their thought patterns are changed. And they're able to look at this other person, this beautiful person and not go down that road anymore. Not go down that lustful path. I don't know what might be able to change in our lives. What, what do we struggle with? And we need God's word to counter it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. It reads, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is what we think about. So this is kind of a litmus test. This, this, this tells us whether we can continue thinking about this or not. Whether our thoughts, the way we ponder things, the way we meditate on stuff, whether it's acceptable or whether we need to say, nope, I need to reject that thought. I need to reject that, that idea. Listen to the Amplified, the last part of that verse. Think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds upon them. See, whatever we meditate on, we open the door to in our lives. Do you want to actually do it? Do you want to experience it? If the answer is no, then you can't continue thinking about it. Well, that's not hurting anyone if I just think about it. If I just play that picture over and over in my mind, that can't hurt anyone. It'll hurt you. It'll take your success away. 
it will rob you blind of God's word. So it's not okay. We need to be that be not okay with it in our minds. Meaning depressing things. If it's dark, if it's negative, stop. Say, so, well, it makes me feel good. I know there are a lot of things that temporarily make us feel good that sap our life away. And people have become accustomed. Why does it feel good? Because you've walked down that path for 10 years. You've been thinking that way for so long. And so it's normal. You're, you feel uh, comfortable. There's a zone there you're comfortable in. I always do this. I always think this way. And so I take comfort in it. But it's taking your life away. And so we've got to force ourselves out of it. Say, I'm going to think differently. You know, what kind of music do you listen to? Is it dark? Is it depressing? Are the lyrics totally opposite of God's word and promises and righteousness and ways and yet we listen and sing out loud and sing the songs things that we would never teach anybody we would never tell anybody do this because we know it's bogus and ungodly and devilish but we sing it out loud in the car I saw you the other day (laughs) at the stoplight singing away No, but seriously, ask questions of yourself. Are the things I'm watching, are the things I'm listening to, are they negative? Are they dark in nature? Okay? Because they are creating a normalcy for my life. I'm going to think that way. Yeah? Sometimes even watching news. I mean, I know a lot of it's fake. But even if you found some true news, if, if, maybe, possibly, 1% chance, you found some true news, but it's still negative. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, where you watch some news for an hour, uh, and at the end of it, you just feel kind of heavy. Feel kind of like, I'm not motivated. I'm not happier. That information was enticing and new and exciting at the moment, because that's the kind of stuff they put out there. Stuff that's shocking, astounding. Twitter is melting down. (laughs) You know, all this kind of language. So it draws us in, but at the end of it, Are we stronger or weaker? Are we happier or more depressed? What's happening? We're not controlling our thoughts like we ought to. Even just getting into arguments, social media arguments. I'm sure you're right. That other person's an idiot. You got the best argument, but when you're done, are you? What's happening? Are we given given place to fear? to questions, to worry, anxiety, darkness, negativity. Amen, amen. There was a man of God years ago, and uh, the Lord gave him a, an experience one day, had a, had a vision, and he was caught up in the, with the Lord in the glory, and the Lord began to talk to him. He said, I want to teach you about how the devil gets a hold of people, about how demons work against people's lives, takes them captive. And works his, his bondage in their lives. And in this vision, he said he saw this woman who he knew who she, he knew who she was, though he didn't know her personally. He knew of her. She was a pastor's wife. They were in ministry together. And she was very beautiful, very talented, was a singer. And he said, I'm watching this woman. He said, this demon came, looked like a little uh, monkey, imp-like. Most people who have seen demons say they look like little monkeys came, jumped, and sat on her shoulder and whispered in her ear and, and said to her, you are, you're beautiful, you're talented, you could, have, you could have so much fame and fortune and popularity, trying to 
feed, feed into pride. And, all, and, and she recognized immediately. He's watching this play out in the vision. She recognized immediately. That's the devil. She said, devil, I resist you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. She said, in the vision, that demon jumped off of her shoulder and ran away. But over a period of time, he said, that demon came back. Jumped up on her shoulder and started whispering those exact same things in her ear. You could have fame and fortune and you could have popularity. You could be something. And she recognized it again. She said, I resist that in Jesus' name. And that thing took off, ran away from her. And over a period of time, it came back again. Said the same thing to her. And she kind of liked the way it sounded. It kind of made her feel good to think of herself that way. And so this time she didn't resist. She started thinking those thoughts and meditating on those thoughts and imagining herself that way. And what happened, he said in the vision, all of a sudden she became transparent and there was a black dot that showed up in her head. And this was her meditating and thinking on those thoughts. And this happened over a period of time. And she continued to think that way and meditate on this. She eventually left her husband and left, left the ministry, left her husband. He said he saw that black dot go down into her heart. And she ended up living with this guy, living with this other guy, lived with five different guys, didn't get married, was just totally away from God out in the world entertaining these thoughts. And, uh, and he saw another um, situation there where a, another minister went to her, and he's watching this play out, went to her, knocked on her door, because uh, he was going to try to restore her, try to get her to come back uh, and re- get back, back right with God. And she answered the door, and she said, I know who you are. I know why you're here. And, and she said, as far as Jesus is concerned, to hell with him. And she went so far away. And, so, and you see how it started? Thoughts. That's where the battlefield is. That's where the enemy attacks. If he can get us thinking wrong about ourselves, about God, about our life and circumstances, and we entertain that, that's the only, way he, only inroad he has into our lives. So that's why we give such high importance to what we think about. Our emotions, are we going to let them, or are we going to say, no, I'm going back to the Word. I'm disqualifying this thought, disqualifying this feeling. I'm no longer going to accept this emotion because the word of the Lord says this. His promise tells me this, and I'm going to meditate on this day and night. And any other thought, I choose to resist it. What do you do with thoughts that you know are demonic in origin? When you recognize that, they're, that they are, listen, this is, it becomes super serious. That we say, no, I'm not going to do that. I resist that in Jesus' name. When you recognize it, resist it. I don't want to become devil conscious. I'm not thinking about these things all day. Um, I'm leery of people. I've run into different individuals. You talk about casting out demons, they get real excited. Ah, let's go and cast out devils. <laughs> and I think, I think Jesus addressed that. You know, you remember it's over in, in Luke chapter 10 when he empowered his disciples to go out and minister and they healed the sick and they cast out demons and they came back to him saying, Jesus, like, this was cool. <laughs> Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And, uh, and, and he, he said, told them, he said in Luke 10, 20, he said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. 
Amen. So we keep our focus on the Lord. In other words, this is a mentality we need to approach all of life with. I don't have my spiritual life and my secular life. I don't, this is not just how we get along in church services. This is how we do life. Watch. We don't meditate on negative things. See, that extends beyond just saying it's God's word or it's not God's word. It goes beyond to all of life. It's not just I'm always meditating on a scripture, but I'm dealing with negative things around me, things that tear me down, cast me down, and I, I, I purpose to not let it play over and over and over again in my mind. This is the, this is the way we need to do, to, to do life. It's not just thinking about God's Word. It's thinking about things that are good and praiseworthy and honest. Go through the list. That's what I'm going to meditate on. I know we have to deal with stuff in life that's not positive. It's not praiseworthy. It's not. We have to deal with stuff, but we deal with it and then go back to our norm. Why? So the pathways we create in our brain are God's. It becomes natural to think God thoughts. Hey, disaster. Hey, uh, tragedy. Hey, horrible situation. Well, what's your go-to reaction to that? See, I want it to be, <laughs> man, that's bad. But God. But the word of the Lord says this. But he promised me this. But he said it in his word. And so there's a positive response to all the junk that we experience and have to deal with in life. I want to encourage you today. Practice this. Practice monitoring your thoughts. Monitoring, is that a fear-based thought? Usually it ends up coming out of our mouths if we think it long enough. It'll, it'll be verbalized. Practice monitoring it and keeping a check and say, no, I'm not going to say that anymore. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm going to take God's Word and make it my meditation. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 tells us to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we keep the right thoughts in our brain, what happens? Life comes. Life is what we experience. When we entertain and allow the wrong thoughts to exist, what happens? Death comes. Death comes to our mind, our body, our emotions, our, our everything. What we think about is huge with God.